Thanksgiving week, and you know what that means. It means three games on Thursday, two full days to work off our food coma before, well, let's be real, just sitting in front of our TV, also still working off our food coma on Sunday as, uh, you know, the NFL week, always an exciting one this time of year. And also the one time of year that we get to eat turkey, which in my opinion is the precise number of times a year you should eat turkey. Uh, Eric, a lot of turkey on your table this Thanksgiving? Uh, no, we actually, as a family, we've kind of abandoned it over the past few years. So the rest of the meal looks pretty similar to Thanksgiving, but uh, we might make in, mix in some ham, maybe maybe a meatloaf, something like that. We're, just, we're, we're on from turkey. We've had too much of it. Yeah, I think so. Meatloaf. I've not heard that one before. Ham, ham is the right way to go, uh, or literally any other protein besides turkey. Uh, Ryan, are you a turkey aficionado, or are you also on the right side of history here? No, I'm way more on the ham train for Thanksgiving. I don't know why, but my family always will make this giant turkey, and nobody really eats it. It just kind of sits in the fridge for the next like four days. Maybe a few people will make turkey sandwiches for like two weeks, but. I have no idea why we continue to do the turkey. There, I think the one reason why turkey is and will always remain relevant is because stuffing is so dang good, and it is just the most delicious, absolute best part of Thanksgiving. We should have stuffing year-round, and not just once a year, but it's okay. It makes it all the more special. I'm definitely more of a ham guy. I love getting uh, – we actually already bought Hawaiian rolls in advance. I don't know if you all do this, but a perfect ham sandwich on a Hawaiian roll – uh, maybe a little bit of, uh, I don't know. Butter, cranberry, gravy, all of it. Uh, yeah, I don't, whatever. any of them, really. <laughs> I was having such a hard time trying to figure out which of those amazing uh, sauces to put on the sandwich. So anyway, that's the way to go, for sure. Uh, glad we got the turkey talk out of the way. Don't need to spend any more time talking about that. But what we can talk about is that pre-dinner talk, obviously the major news segment. You know, like when your cousin Sarah announces that she's pregnant with her third kid or whatever. Like that's, you know, the major news time on Thanksgiving is right before we're about to eat. So with that in mind, let's just talk real quick about some major news that's happening in the NFL. A couple of extensions. Uh, we saw Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton now get extended in Denver. Uh, the Saints also extended uh, their quarterback, fullback, tight end, what, what a football player, Taysom Hill, to a four-year, $95 million contract extension. Uh, if he's quarterback, if he's not quarterback, then it's a four year, $40 million extension. So I don't, I don't really know what this means or if this makes any sense. He hasn't even, he's thrown the ball like eight times this year. What Eric, what, what are the saints doing? Yeah. When you can lock up a 31 year old for four years who uh, had a big concussion this year, um, had a foot injury last week, Trevor Simeon's playing ahead of him. I mean, you got to do it. 20 carries on the year four receptions. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, there's a lot of guaranteed money, so it's like not complete fake NFL contract here. So maybe they're sick of Simeon and Hill starts next week. I, I just, I don't get it. At this point, they should know if he's a good quarterback or not. I think we do, but uh, I don't know why they need this like qualifier to see if he's going to be quarterback or not. Like make a decision, uh, sign him to that contract. And if he doesn't want to, let's just all move on with our lives here. I almost feel like this makes it more likely he's not the quarterback at any time this season because I, I feel like Saints ownership would probably be like, hey, if we don't have to pay this guy an additional $55 million, maybe we can just not do that. Uh, and it was Hill's camp that really held on tight to that that dream, that pipe dream that one day Taysom Hill would be a starting quarterback for the Saints. Uh, I, I just, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, even even four years, $40 million, for you mean 22 and a half million is is kind of a lot for a guy that is a gadget player like the world's least exciting gadget player he has to have something 
on Sean Payton's family. There's got to be something yeah, there. Yeah, the, the Saints have no cap room too. So this isn't like some team that's rebuilding that was just like, oh, let's keep the, the, the locker room presence around. The Saints have no cap room. I mean, I, even even if they did have cap $23 million for a <laughs> locker room. Anyway, uh, offensive coordinator Jason Garrett was fired by the Giants, which is terrible news for every uh, fan of the other NFC East teams. Great news for the Giants. Uh, this doesn't mean that their offense is going to be any good, but it means that it, it won't. It, it has the chance to be good. Jason Garrett absolutely uh, holding them back. For I mean, maybe maybe they'll move up one spot in the offensive, uh, you know, powerhouse rankings. But uh, yeah, I mean, Garrett out, great for the Giants. Freddie Kitchens is expected to be named the interim coordinator. Ryan, is this is this an improvement in any way whatsoever? It's pretty hard to not be an improvement over Jason Garrett, but I think as any Browns fan will tell you, when it's Freddie Kitchens interim season, you never know what's going to happen. He could be the head coach next year for all we know. So if I was a Giants fan, I don't know that I'd be feeling all that great today. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, I guess Kitchens was a better coordinator than he was a coach. So maybe there's hope here. Uh, Definitely any change at this point is good because we know Saquon has talent. Uh, Kadarius Tony sure looks like he's got talent if they actually got him in the right spot. And, you know, Kenny Galladay, I haven't quite given up on. So there, there's hope here. Let's get everyone healthy, maybe a new set of eyes on this offense. And again, it can't be worse. I think Mike Clay tweeted out like uh, offensive touchdowns over the past two years. Tampa Bay had like 92 in first place and the Giants were last with like 42 touchdowns over the last two years. I don't know. So it's it's been bad. It really can't get worse. Uh, so I, I went to, uh, Freddie Kitchen's Wikipedia page just to remind myself of his career path. I remember when he was hired by the Browns to be their head coach, there's a lot of excitement, um, as he had kind of rejuvenated their offense, um, during the, uh, he was a Hugh Jackson, uh, time period that he was, he was there as well. So, I mean, anyone could have done better, uh, than Hugh Jackson, but yeah, so, uh, Freddie Kitchen's, uh, the, the funniest thing here though, is that he has already been the interim coordinator for a game for the Giants. Um, J- uh, Jason Garrett tested positive for COVID-19 uh, before uh, Giants Monday night football game against the Cleveland Browns. And the Giants lost that game 20 to six. So <laughs> this is great news. <laughs> this is really good looking for the Giants offense. I don't know if we have enough uh, information on Freddie Kitchens now, or he, first of all, if if he's going to get the full play calling um, duties and, and if that will mean anything significant for any member of this Giants offense, but uh, definitely something to keep a close eye on uh, and see kind of where the usage goes this week. Um, if this means a better for the run game, for the pass game, you know, we'll kind of see what happens there. Uh, Zach Wilson, speaking of New York team, Zach Wilson is starting for the Jets uh, in completely unrelated news that was, uh, you know, reported completely separately. Joe Flacco and uh, Mike White are on the uh, COVID reserve list. So they, they probably, you know, they totally were going to start Zach Wilson anyway. But uh, yeah, Flacco and White just happen to be unable to play this weekend. Do we do we care? Does this matter for the Jets? Is there any player that this makes a difference for, Eric? It kind of makes it impossible to predict, I feel like. At least with Flacco and Mike White, we knew they were just going to check it down to the running backs, and they kind of had their preferred targets. Uh, Zach Wilson, I mean, he's got a lot of upside, but he just feels like a real wild card right now. Um, kind of out of structure plays, downfield plays. Could be good for Elijah Moore, who knows, but he didn't really show a, a great deal of you know, ability to run the offense. So I, I think it's just going to be a little more unpredictable. Uh, probably worse for the running backs on check, check down passes, but maybe he watched during his time off and realized he needs to get the running backs involved. So we'll see, but it's, it's just another wrinkle in this offense, which kind of had some fun players to start over the last few weeks. 
Yeah, Ryan, Elijah Moore has had quite uh, the breakout here under the quarterbacks not named Zach Wilson. Uh, are you at all concerned about starting Elijah White now that Wilson is back under center? We have not seen White and Moore uh, really be on the same page yet so far in their career. I'm a little scared too, but I still have him ranked, I believe, as a top 24 receiver this week. So I'm doing it anyway, I suppose. I will say that I think Zach Wilson, if anything, is going to be good for the receivers because he was really pushing the ball downfield and outside more as opposed to check down city that we've seen since he's been injured. So if anything, I think this hurts the running backs and especially with Carter, as we'll talk about being injured, then there could be more targets heading Moore's way. Yeah, I was going to say with Michael Carter out, I don't, does this make like tied? Well, we didn't really care about Ty Johnson or Tevin Coleman anyway, but we'll talk about them when we get to the running back segment. Uh, finally, uh, Packers offensive tackle David Bakhtiari had follow up surgery on his knee. There's no timetable for his return. That's obviously not a good sign for the Packers offense as they were hoping to get Bakhtiari back. Uh, and then offensive tackle Elton Jenkins also was lost last week to an ACL tear. So that's two starting offensive linemen that are down. I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers, but also this Packers offense has been pretty up and down so far this season. Uh, is going to be losing two offensive tackles too much for them to handle, or is, is Rodgers just so good it doesn't matter? Yeah, th- this caught my attention after watching Packers-Vikings last week. I-, I don't think it matters a ton for Aaron Rodgers. He's he's a freak. He's backpedaling 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage, throwing it downfield. He'll be fine. But watching A.J. Dillon, I was really interested to see how he looked, and the running game was fine, but it wasn't like that dominant Packers running game we've seen in the past. So I think maybe it's a little downtick to Dylan just as far as like, you know, the Packers have looked almost like the 49ers rushing attack at times, just could take over a game. And I'm not sure if they're there without Bakhtiari and Jenkins in there. All right. Uh, and then, you know, getting into a little bit on who we should be starting and sitting this week. Obviously, uh, if you head over to QBList.com, uh, you'll be able to see our sits, our article, which will be up early this week as you may notice it's wednesday morning you're listening to this podcast uh typically out on thursday morning similarly our articles out wednesday morning uh you know with the holiday this week i wanted to get everything out a little bit earlier especially with three games on thursday as opposed to the usual just one so since our article will be out eric's rankings will be out and with all of this analysis done uh, give me the spit take here your surprising sits and starts i mean i want you to say something just as surprising as when Uncle Harry is going to tell me what he learned about on Facebook that's making me spit out my drink on Thursday. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can compete with that, but I am going to start Darnell Mooney even with Andy <laughs> Dalton as quarterback. Does that count? No, no, okay, but that's okay. Darnell, I mean, Darnell Mooney. Uh, I think I think if you told me before the season that you'd be starting Darnell Mooney and not well, Allen Robinson. We don't even know if he's going to play, but if Allen yeah. Robinson was healthy, start Darnell Mooney over him with Andy Dalton under center. Uh, yeah, I'd probably be surprised at that. Yeah, so I, I will start uh, Mooney. This We'll talk a lot about that game. And then uh, Javante Williams, I've been kind of trying to bench these Broncos running backs whenever possible. But coming out of the bye, I hope Javante Williams gets that post-bye week rookie breakout. Uh, he's looked really good. He just needs more work. And they play a Chargers run defense that's really bad. So uh, if you've been like me, kind of holding back Javante Williams most of the year, I think it's kind of time to get him in your lineup and sink or swim with him. I, I hope this is his big breakout week. All right, Ryan, what about you? Yeah, so my spit take this week is that I'm going to be cornering the market on Jets and Texans takes. Um, So (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. Uh, But both my surprising starts this week are New York Jets, and they are Ty Johnson and Elijah Moore. 
both of which I have well within the top 24 at each of their respective positions. Okay, so we we do care about Ty Johnson. Uh, why why do I care about Ty Johnson? It's more that we super don't care about Tevin Coleman in my mind. I think Ty Johnson really has the size-speed combo that he can succeed. And he's been commanding targets all year, even with Michael Carter commanding them as well. I think he's way more likely to step into like a quasi-workhorse role, 60% of the snaps type of deal. And against Houston, that's valuable this week. Okay. Um, Eric, who are you going to be sitting this week? Yeah, so my theme here is running backs that are going to get a good workload that I just don't think are good. One of those is Tevin Coleman. Uh, Even against Houston, a great matchup. He's probably going to see like 50% of the snaps. He's going to get a dozen carries, I bet. I just do not think Tevin Coleman is a good player. I think you're going to be looking at a 12 carry for 35-yard line and hoping for a touchdown. So I'm going to sit him. And then Jeff Wilson Jr., he's just – he has not shown any spark. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a special teams type player coming off a pretty serious injury this year. I think we should have expected him to not look real great. 19 for 50 last week. Sure, he missed a wide-open touchdown pass from Jimmy Garoppolo. I get that. That would have helped his day. But that was against the Jaguars. And I am just not going out of my way starting Jeff Wilson Jr., even if Elijah Mitchell is not playing. Yeah, I mean, 19 carries, that's a lot of carries. And, and obviously a game against the Jaguars that they were leading the whole time and yeah. had plenty of carries to go around. But you're right. I mean, 58 total yards in the day, no touchdowns, uh, just one reception. Not going to be good enough. Um, and I, I, I can see why you wouldn't want to start him. Plus, also, Elijah Mitchell might start uh, this week. There's uh, definitely hope for him as he returns from that broken finger. Uh, Ryan, which two players are you going to be sitting? Yeah, so I'm sitting Cortland Sutton this week against the Chargers. Uh, since Jerry Judy has come back, Sutton's target totals have been four, two, and three. Tim Patrick being out definitely helps, but I just don't trust Sutton to command targets and air yards anymore. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, but I'm going to compare him to Brandon Ayuk now. Just when there's other quality target competition on the field, I don't know that we can trust him anymore. Yeah, definitely. It's tough, uh, tough there with uh, Debo Samuel and George Kittle to compete with in San Francisco. And similarly, Judy, Patrick, Vant, um, both Gordon and Javante Williams uh, getting work there. Uh, you know, it, I get that. I get that. As much as we all wanted to believe in Sutton, I think we all kind of knew that when Judy came back, that was going to kind of put a halt on Sutton being as valuable as he was. Yeah. And then my other surprising sit is Zach Moss against the Saints. Moss is somebody that I've usually advocated just jamming into your lineup and hoping he scores a touchdown, but he's had just four red zone opportunities in the last three weeks. Matt Breida has been sneaking in a few of those, some of which has been game script related, but in the matchup against the Saints, I'm just all set with Zach Moss. I think the touchdown equity isn't as good as it normally is. All right, let's talk about the Thanksgiving Day games and thank God for them because there are going to be times where you're going to need a reason to get out of that conversation. You just don't want to hear about it. You don't want to hear about that dumb business that your cousin has started that, uh, you know, it's it's an MLM, okay? No matter how many times you try to tell me it's not, it's an MLM. Well, you know what? How about let's go to the other room. The game's on. I probably got, I'll tell them, hey, I got my DFS lineups. I've got some money on it. I really need to be paying attention. I'm not going to tell them it's a dollar. I put down. I'm going to tell him, you know, hey, I've got some serious money here. So let's talk about the Thursday games. Obviously, a full day of football slated, starting with a banger, Chicago versus Detroit. <laughs> then when you actually wake up and want to start start watching football, great. The Raiders are playing the Cowboys. That'll actually be a somewhat fun game to watch. And then finally, 
a Buffalo Bills versus New Orleans Saints primetime game, which makes me wonder if uh, the NFL got the news that Drew Brees retired. Like, I, we couldn't get the Bills against a team that was better than the Saints, even with Jameis Winston. I, I just don't know. I don't know what they were thinking on that one. Uh, but that's okay. The Bills, the way they've been playing lately, this might actually be a pretty good matchup, unfortunately. Uh, some injury news ahead of Thursday's games. Obviously, these teams are putting out injury news uh, earlier in the week as their game is also much earlier in the week. Uh, Jared Goff was limited at Tuesday's practice. Uh, seems like a 50-50 shot if he's going to start. And then Justin Fields is going to be out with a rib injury. Andy Dalton will start for the Bears. So uh, it's very possible that we have an Andy Dalton versus Tim Tim Boyle, Tom Boyle. I don't even know his name. The, the guy in Detroit who's not very good. Uh, what what do we have to look forward here, Eric? Is this a game worth starting anyone on either team's passing attacks? Yeah, so like I said, I'm going to start uh, Darnell Mooney in this one. Um, he has just been racking up a huge target share, especially without Allen Robinson. He'd already surpassed Allen Robinson. And uh, Mooney looked really good last week, took kind of a swing pass to the house, screen pass. I think they're going to look the, get the ball in his hands quite a bit. So um, I, I feel good about Mooney. He is ranked solidly in the starting range for me. Big play threat. Um, other than that, you know, you've got obviously David Montgomery you're playing. Um, obviously, uh, DeAndre Swift, like you've got some obvious ones, but I'm definitely not looking down to like the secondary pieces in this game. Uh, I would expect both of these teams to drag this game out a little bit, run the ball, play close to the vest. And this game could be over in like, you know, an hour and a half. So this may be uh, a quick one um, and we can move on to the a little bit more competitive uh, Vegas versus Dallas game. Uh, I noticed you did not mention Lions set in TJ Hawkinson and did a little bit better this past week, six receptions, 51 yards, but Still, I mean, I, I know we're hoping for more either touchdown or, or more yardage from him. This is a guy who is supposed to be kind of a, a dominant tight end this year. We were hoping with no one else to kind of take work away. Uh, are you going to be starting TJ Hawkinson this week? No, I am. I, I've i been higher than him, I think, than some have. So he's just kind of in my must-start range. I mean, he's like a tight end six. I mean, last week was really bad. I mean, the, the Lions passing game was non-existent, and he still caught six balls on eight targets for 51 yards. Um, I, I don't know if it can get much worse than last week and he still had a good game. So we've had him, he's seen a few duds this year. Um, it's certainly possible at any point, but I just think the volume here is too high for Hawkinson. So you're rolling him out there unless you got Gronk back from injury or you were just kind of double stacked at tight end. I was going to say it can't get, did you not see the week before that <laughs> for Detroit? Like it absolutely can get worse for Detroit. And the week before that they scored six, six, it's not been a good season. I, did Detroit you see Lions. Tim Boyle's stat line last week? I don't uh, want to. It's uh, hang on. I we got we got to go over this one. This is against the Browns last week. Fifteen of twenty three for seventy seven yards and two interceptions. That was one fantasy point. That's some Kendall Hinton numbers there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so th- this is probably a good time to say that I traded for Tim Boyle on Sunday morning because I needed him in a super flex league where I had no. Kyler Murray and Matthew Stafford not playing. Uh, I benched Colt McCoy for him. So, you probably could have put a kicker in that spot. I, you know, I I don't want to talk about it. But <laughs> if you ever need to know what not to do on a Sunday morning, just look at what I'm tweeting, and that do the opposite. <laughs> Did you uh, see how I, many points, uh, like you know, Dak Prescott put up last week? Uh, okay, Russell Wilson, okay. he, he wasn't that far behind. Okay, okay, you had to go for Dak, huh? Uh, and then of course I have Jalen Hurts sitting on my bench. Uh, don't ask me how I have both Dak and Hurts in the league. Uh, Allen Robinson remains sidelined for Tuesday's practice. He's dealing with a hamstring issue. Um, we, I hope you've already dropped Allen Robinson. We've been saying it all year, and he didn't leave the Bears. And 
Honestly, he's probably going to put up the most points this week that he will all season while he's hurt and on the sidelines and scoring zero. So uh, nothing doing there. Um, David Montgomery, John J. Swift, obvious starts. Um, and, and, you know, we're actually going to talk about them a little bit when we start talking about DFS lineups. Uh, let's go to the Cowboys Raiders game. Uh, Cowboys left tackle Tyron Smith was a full participant in practice. Thank God. Uh, he's out since week eight. You can absolutely notice the difference when Tyron Smith is and is not playing based on how the Cowboys offense looked. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott was also a full participant for Tuesday's practice. Kind of a surprise uh, after the way he looked on Sunday, especially with a short week. There was definitely some thought that Zeke might miss time and that Pollard would just get the uh, most of the workload. That isn't to say that Pollard won't mix in a lot more uh, than he would otherwise. So let me, I'm going to kind of jump ahead here real quick. Just if Zeke is active, uh, are you still starting Tony Pollard? Yeah, that's a good question. I had Pollard at RB25 when I set my rankings, and that was with – I didn't think Zeke was just going to come back and be a full participant. So uh, I probably need to drop him a little bit, but this is a short week. Zeke coming off an injury, a good matchup. Raiders are not good against the run. So I think Pollard's totally in the flex range if you need him. Uh, you know, there are obviously better options out there, but there's certainly a chance they get up big and they rest Zeke some or they just decide to mix Pollard in anyway. And we've seen Pollard have, you know, it's it's been a little hit or miss, but we've seen him have some startable weeks just mixing in with Zeke anyway. So, yeah, I think Pollard's definitely in the RB20s. You could probably even put him in as an RB2 if your lineup's in rough shape. He's got talent. We hope this is a good offense. They're missing a lot of weapons in the passing game. They got to give it to someone. So I would expect Pollard to get a healthy amount of touches here. Yeah, Amari Cooper definitely missing this game. He's still uh, out due to COVID protocols, so there's there's nothing he can do to be eligible for Thursday's game. Uh, C.D. Lamb is in the concussion protocol. Uh, he did not practice on Tuesday, but there is some optimism that he is going to be uh, cleared by Thursday. He was uh, participating in the meetings, and, and usually uh, that's a good sign uh, for people's you know, activity, generally speaking. So apparently there is some hope that Lamb will be uh, activated in time for Thursday's game. Uh, let's just run through a couple of scenarios real quick. I, I, Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson are two of the most added players uh, at the wide receiver position uh, on Yahoo. We saw what Gallup's usage could look like last uh, last week and, and early on in the season too, when I think he got what seven targets in the first half against the Buccaneers in week one. Uh, are you for sure, like how, how for sure are you starting Michael Gallup or Cedric Wilson, depending on Lamb's uh, activity, Ryan? Yeah, I think I'm starting Michael Gallup, whether Lamb plays or not. Um, he is just able to command targets by himself. I don't think it matters that much who else is on the field with him. Uh, Cedric Wilson, I have in flex territory. If Lamb doesn't play, I would probably look elsewhere if he does. I will say that Wilson is the type of player that just kind of pops when you're watching the game. It feels like he's open a lot and the ball just finds its way to him i miles you've watched a lot more of the cowboys than i probably have this season but you're nodding your head in agreement so i'm assuming you would agree yeah i i don't know how but every time there's a a big first down um or like a surprising touchdown or something like that it's cedric wilson and then i look at the stat line i'm like no no no. i watched him catch the ball nine times for like 112 yards how did he only have three catches for 84 yards but it just it just so happens that Wilson knows when your eyes are on the screen and, and he chooses those <laughs> moments to do well. Yeah, I mean, I agree completely. And I think that he is the type of player that can benefit from targets being vacated as much as we sometimes like to make fun of the idea of vacated targets. But th- this is definitely a game environment where he can thrive and be a good flex play this week. 
All right. And then uh, there's no real injury news on the Raiders side. I, I feel like the Raiders are a pretty straightforward uh, team as far as fantasy relevance. Um, Darren Waller is definitely in to start for sure. Josh Jacobs, you almost certainly are going to be starting him just from a workload uh, and, and just depending on when you acquired him, you probably don't have two or three better running backs on your team anyway. Uh, and then Hunter Renfro, are, are we starting Hunter Renfro? Uh, I mean, obviously not in standard leagues, but in PPR leagues, are we starting Hunter Renfro or are you holding out for something better uh, come Sunday? Yeah, I think I'm probably starting him. I've got him wide receiver 28. Uh, I watched a lot of that game last week against the Bengals. And despite the game being a blowout, the Raiders were in it early. Uh, they were trying to establish the run. They were not airing it out a whole lot. And that kind of led to Renfro's four catches on four targets for 30 yards. But I think against the Cowboys, um, they're going to be putting the ball in the air a little more. I would expect a bounce back game. Uh, like you said, he's definitely better in PPR leagues, but he scored uh, four touchdowns on the year. He'll get in the end zone occasionally. And he's had a bunch of games over 10 PPR points. So I would expect a bounce back from last week. Just, you know, just between playing the Cowboys, we hope they they rebound and put up some points. Uh, they'll be on the road. So I, I would play um, Renfro for sure if you need him. Yeah, this uh, this week marked just the second time this season that Renfro did not score 10 points in PPR. Yeah. Um, he has been pretty, pretty consistent all season long. Uh, all right. And then in the Saints-Buffalo uh, game, uh, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara both mispracticed on Tuesday. Um, they're both dealing with lingering injuries. Obviously, Kamara miss, missing uh, last week's game. Uh, and then Ingram just kind of dealing with, you know, being an older running back. It's you know, kind of tough for guys like that. Um, Tony Jones Jr. would be the next man. Uh, we don't expect Ingram and Kamara both to miss the game, though. I mean, I think uh, Kamara is a good possibility. There was just a lot of smoke around this injury before he showed up on the injury report. Uh, they made the addition of Mark Ingram. They've They've reactivated Tony Jones. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Kamara miss. Ingram seems more like a, a veteran maintenance day here. So I would expect to see Ingram. And if he does play and it's no Kamara, I've got him all the way up at RB16. Like he's just catching a ton of passes with Simeon dumping it off. So I feel really good about Ingram if he's the only one. And if both of these guys missed, I, I think you could certainly fire up Tony Jones Jr. I mean, they just get the ball to the running backs in this offense. So I think whoever the lead back is for the Saints is going to get the ball a lot. Yeah, I mean Ingram. Ingram didn't come out of the game on Sunday. There was no obvious yeah. injury. I, I I think this is just them maintaining a veteran running back on a, on a short week. So I I wouldn't be running out to add Tony Jones Jr. Um, if you have Ingram, you start him. If Kamara's out, and if you have Kamara, you obviously start him. Um, if he's playing, if Kamara is active, do we still fire up Mark Ingram? I'm going to go with no here. I The only thing about Ingram is that for some reason he's been commanding targets since he rejoined with the Saints, even when Kamara's been healthy. Two weeks ago, he had that random seven-target game. I believe he had five the first game where both him and Kamara were active. So maybe as like a super desperation type of play, but I don't think Mark Ingram is someone you want to start as a team's RB2 against the Bills. Okay. Um, and then is there anything worth talking about on the Bills side of the ball? Um, no injury news. Uh, obviously, we always have the backfield of Moss and Singletary. I know you're out on Moss, uh, Ryan, due to his lack of red zone opportunities and a, and a tough matchup. Um, any interest in playing Singletary this week? Uh, not at all. I mean, everything I say about Zach Moss not getting enough red zone opportunity applies doubly to Singletary because he gets even less. So. He's just really not That's interesting fair. to me at all. The the Bills running game just yawn. 
Yeah, All they've right, also so been working in Matt Breda, too. So it's suddenly a three-headed backfield. I mean, it was such a big blowout last week. That could have been some of it. But he saw a few snaps before that, too. So now that Breda's involved, it's getting even uglier. I know as soon as you said three-headed that you wanted to say monster and you had to catch yourself. Like, there's nothing monstrous <laughs> about this Bills backfield. It's a three-headed backfield. Yeah. It's, it's not a monster by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, all right, so let's talk a little bit about the DFS slate. Um, three games makes it kind of an exciting one. You don't have anything else you're doing on Thanksgiving besides ducking out of conversations uh, and eating delicious food. So what uh, what are you going towards in your in your DraftKings or FanDuel lineups, Ryan? Um, you know, what are the plays that you're excited for? Who, uh, if anyone, are you avoiding? Yeah, so I'll say that basically every year on Thanksgiving, I've played a bunch of Lions in DFS for some reason, like thinking I was super smart getting leverage on the field that way but i've lost every year of course because the lions have been terrible in that time period so staying away from lions as much as i possibly can <laughs> is going to be strategy number one um i pop do this year for sure <laughs> you've yeah. now spoken it into the universe oh yeah yeah no it's just pencil in Khalif raymond for like 200 <laughs> yards now <laughs> uh so yeah so who who are you targeting then uh if if not the lions yeah, so I think that this Dallas-Vegas game is going to be kind of chalky, but I think you can get off of that a little bit by approaching it from the Raiders' side. So I really like a stack of like Derek Carr, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, even sneak Brian Edwards in there. If you're A, we always <laughs> sneak Brian Edwards in our DFS lineups. He's always the answer. And then you can bring it back with receivers like Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson. And I just really like how that looks and fits in. It lets you get up to some of the more elite running backs like DeAndre Swift and David Montgomery. It all just fits together really nicely to start from a Raiders stack. Okay. Uh, and then, Eric, is there anyone in particular that you're targeting or avoiding uh, here on, on Thanksgiving? I'm really good at rolling out chalky DFS lineups in GPPs. So uh, Ryan just nailed about two-thirds of my lineup here. Um, I had a Derek Carr, Hunter Renfro, Renfro, Darren Waller stack. I do think Waller's worth it because he can give you such an advantage on these tight ends that the dollar saved isn't going to matter if he puts up 25 and the next tight end is 12 points. So um, I do think going after Waller makes sense. And I I hate these lower-priced quarterbacks. And I didn't feel like Prescott and Allen were really worth paying up for, so that's kind of why I went with Carr here. But, yeah, that lets you get in Swift and Montgomery, uh, Gallup, Renfro, uh, for some, like, mixing it up a little bit, I went with Pollard. I, I think in a GPP it makes sense if Zeke gets hurt or Pollard gets a second-half workload. Um, I like the Bears' defense against the Lions, obviously. And then uh, if you're looking for, like, super, super deep sleeper, like Gabriel Davis has some boom weeks. Um, if you're just trying to differentiate your lineup, it's it's definitely GPP-based. But I could see Gabriel Davis catching a long touchdown. Yeah, so now you mentioned Gabriel Davis, Ryan. You mentioned Brian Edwards. But I noticed that you also had Marquise Goodwin in here in one of your lineups um, as kind of that, uh, you know, differentiate your lineup type of position. But why, why do you think Goodwin uh, of all the low price wide receivers has the chance to pop? Yeah. So that lineup you're talking about is my Andy Dalton lineup, which is basically the same thing as a lion's lineup on Thanksgiving. So, but no, (laughs) for real, I, I do think that if you're trying to get off of the chalk, that the bears are a good place to look. Um, The lion's defense just doesn't, really work as we know we saw Andy Dalton actually throw a few long touchdowns to Marquise Goodwin and to Darnell Mooney last week I don't think it's stat chasing to do it just because nobody's gonna be on the Bears so 
Andy Dalton, Marquise Goodwin, Darnell Mooney, fire it up. I like it. It still lets you get up to those elite running backs. It, I think it's sort of makes sense in a GPP. All right. And then one thing I, I really noticed here is a, a very strong lack of Buffalo Bills. Um, no Josh Allen from either of you. Uh, only one mention of Stephon Diggs and one Emmanuel Sanders in the lineups I see here. So just uh, is it just because you're trying to avoid kind of that chalk in, in terms of you know having the same lineups as everyone else? Um, or is there something else here that you see where, where you're staying away from the Bills? I mean, that was honestly why I got Gabriel Davis in there as my cheap play. He was all I could really afford. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's more just the only ones I'm really interested in are Allen and Diggs, and they're just so expensive. Uh, I'm avoiding these running backs. Dawson Knox is fine. Uh, I just don't know if he has massive upside, although they did see like 10 targets last week. But it's it's kind of more just about their team construction here. I don't trust these secondary receivers. Um, it's really just Diggs and Allen. And I, I think you can spend your money in places like, you know, Darren Waller paying up for defense a little bit. That'll uh, kind of, I don't know, just compared to the field, I think they'll stand out a little more. Okay. Uh, and I noticed not, you, neither of you guys put a kicker in your lineup. And I think that's a fool's fool's move by DraftKings and FanDuel to not have kickers. It's, that's the way that we should, DFS should be. I want an all kickers lineup. I don't have an all kickers lineup. I'm not playing. All right. Uh, let's move on real quick past DFS. Unless before I move on, was there anything else that, that you guys wanted to make sure you mentioned for Thanksgiving DFS? I don't think so. I, I would just say to try to be unique, almost think of it like a single game showdown, except you have more options. You really want to stay off the chalk as much as you possibly can. Yeah. If yeah, you my- can leave some money on the table, that helps a lot. I left $700 on the table here because people are going to spend every last dollar. So if you're having a hard time differentiating, just maybe go down a spot on your flex, um, just down a few spots and that'll differentiate you there. All right, and uh, my, my piece of advice for you is uh, pick players from all three games so that no matter what time of day it is, you have the ability to show grandma your lineup and say, hey, grandma, great, great story. I, I got to go to the other room where the TV's in. And uh, I just, because my players are in this game right here. You got to always cover your bases all day, all day long. You never know when you're going to need it. Uh, all right, uh, let's talk real quick. A little, bit of, a little bit of Black Friday versus Cyber Monday. A little bit of, do I take the deal that I have in front of me now? Or do I hope and wait for something better and hope that it doesn't sell out? Hope that, you know, I mean, it's not as much of an issue now considering the deals have already started. Like I, I bought something yesterday that was like on, on sale. So I don't, I don't know what's happening anymore in the retail industry, but like, you know, take it back to like 10 years ago when Cyber Monday was starting to become a thing and people weren't really sure about what it was versus just going and waiting outside your local target and punching your, uh, the next person over for that Xbox. Uh, let's talk about the Thursday versus Sunday starts. Do you take the guaranteed start of someone who's healthy on Thursday, or are you going to hold out hope that for someone on Sunday that you have, uh, and hope that they don't, A, don't get hurt between now and then, or B, that they come back, uh, from what any lingering injuries. So let's start with, with who are you taking the guaranteed points for? Uh, we talked about Tony Pollard already with Zeke active, Eric, you said you could probably still work him into your lineups. Uh, Ryan, if Zeke is, cause obviously if Zeke's not playing. Pollard is in your lineup. Ryan, if Zeke is playing, are you playing Tony Pollard? I think you can. If you have somebody that you're not sure if he's going to play, I think Tony Pollard locks in a usage floor. He's probably going to get 10 touches or so, including a couple targets. You can definitely play him. Okay. Uh, Mark Ingram uh, with Kamara inactive, I think is, is a pretty obvious play. Oh, yeah. If Kamara's inactive, play Mark Ingram. And if Kamara is active, do we still play Mark Ingram? Uh, he's a step below Pollard, so uh, he's more desperation range. 
Okay. Uh, Ryan, I know how you feel about Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. So I'm going to ask you, Eric, would you take the guaranteed points on Moss or Singletary uh, versus someone that you're, you're holding out hope for? I'm probably holding out hope, uh, especially if that player has a little more upside. I would definitely play Moss over Singletary. And, um, he, you know, he's in my RB30 range. So if that is good for you and you're RB2, then go for it. But I'm guessing you probably have some more upside plays. Who knows? There could even be some injuries um, that opens up someone on waivers for you. They, there are some options that may pop up. If it's a flex play, maybe a receiver pops up on waivers. So I'm trying to hold out and not start Moss if possible. Okay, and then lastly, Jamal Williams uh, obviously did not have the best game coming back from injury against the Browns, just 11 total yards. But earlier in the season was seeing 10-plus uh, touches in, in a majority of games, even when DeAndre Swift was around uh, and you know was someone who was active. Is he someone that you would want to play against this Bears defense on Thursday? Not really. I will say on a short week, like it, it's certainly possible they do not run Swift into the ground here. Um, but the problem is Williams really hasn't been catching passes since week one. So he's more of like a DFS, you know, sleeper play or a super deep league flex play. But now he, he belongs on your bench. He just hasn't caught passes since week one. He had eight catches since then. He hasn't topped uh, three. Yeah, I agree completely. He just really hasn't been all that fantasy relevant since week one. And I think we do this thing where if someone has a big week one, we like anchor them in our mind as someone that's relevant and to pay attention to. And since week one, Williams just hasn't been that. So I would not bother playing him. Okay. Moving on to the wide receivers. We talked about Michael Gallup. Um, you guys both said you're willing to start him uh, with CD lamb in or out. Uh, Cedric Wilson, uh, I assume is only playable if CD lamb is inactive. Uh, feel free to correct me on that, but Cedric Wilson, would you just start him on Thursday or, or maybe wait and, and see like if you're an AJ Brown or Antonio Brown manager, would you wait and see on those guys? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not holding out much hope on Brown this week unless I miss some updates. Uh, Antonio Brown, AJ Brown, I would certainly not play Cedric Wilson and hold out hope for AJ Brown, but I'm not as high on Wilson as Ryan is. Uh, you know, he hasn't produced a ton even when he's got these kind of pop up seven target games. So um, he's more of like a wide receiver, 35 to 40 for me. Uh, so I don't know. I'm kind of looking for better options, but I do get the appeal of if Lamb and uh, we know Cooper's out. I get the appeal. I just, I'm not sure if a huge game's there for Wilson. Yeah, I think that Wilson is really just a moment in time play here. I agree that Antonio Brown probably wouldn't feel great about him. Just play Wilson. AJ should be fine. So I think you can hold back and just start him. Um, but I will defend Wilson as a legitimate flex play this week. I I mean, I'm not entirely sure where the public is going to be on him, but it, especially from a DFS perspective, I think I really like him. Okay. Uh, Hunter Renfro, we talked about quite a bit already. PPR, you're firing him up. Um, Darnell Mooney uh, also talked about quite a bit as uh, someone that uh, was a surprising start for you, Eric. Ryan, are you in on Darnell Mooney as well this week, uh, assuming that he's healthy? And of course, right as I asked him the question, uh, Ryan's internet unfortunately has dropped out. Uh, he is at his parents' house for the holidays, uh, but apparently they also haven't paid their internet bills. So Ryan, <laughs> you and your family need to get on that. Uh, hopefully Ryan can uh, can come back and join us uh, soon. And, and if he's back at the end of the show, absolutely, you'll hear his lovely voice again. But in the meantime, Eric, we must press on because the holiday gets closer. And uh, I absolutely want to get my my uh, you know my turkey on. So the, yeah. the one the one thing turkey's good for is that trip to fan. That is true. 
It's not uh, bad for leftovers. You can drench it in some stuff. And, you know, it's like a day later and you don't feel like cooking food. I'll definitely eat some turkey. So as much as we bashed on it. Uh, dark meat is great. White meat, uh, nothing can save that. And turkey legs, fantastic. Turkey legs are really good. Huge good fan point. of them. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, Darnell Mooney, you've already said surprising start for you this week, uh, even with Andy Dalton under center. Uh, I mean, Mooney has just has been such a revelation. I know that there was some hope that he uh, had this in him, but I don't I don't think we thought he was going to steal Allen Robinson's talent uh, space Jam style. <laughs> uh, and then with the bills, you mentioned earlier, at least with the DFS segment, the only two you're interested in is uh, Josh Allen and uh, Stefan Diggs. Uh, any interest in playing Emmanuel Sanders? Or Cole Beasley, uh, if they are, you know, if they're if they're fringe starting wide receivers for you in your lineup, are you will you just throw them out there on Thursday? I've really been trying to hold out on Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, he's playing a ton of snaps. He played seventy seven percent last week, seventy eight. Plays just as many as Diggs. He gets downfield targets, but he just has not done much since the bye week. He is an older player. I wonder if he's just kind of fading a little bit as the season goes on. So I dropped him quite a bit in my rankings, which it seems like whenever we drop these receivers in our rankings, they have a boom week, but he's more of a wide receiver 37 for me. We just haven't seen it from Sanders. So I would go with some other options. Um, as far as Cole Beasley, like he's been battling a rib injury. I'm um, only played 57% of the snaps last week until we get more clarity on how healthy he is. Uh, they're, you know, they're also giving the ball to Dawson Knox quite a bit. I mentioned that like 10 or 11 targets last week. So I'm trying to avoid playing both of them if possible. I still prefer Sanders just cause he's on the field more and he's not hurt, but um, the results are just kind of lackluster over the last several weeks now. Okay. Uh, and then let's just talk real quick about players that we're holding out hope for. We've got uh, a handful of players whose injury status is pretty murky, um, pretty, um, you know, we're not really sure where they're at. And uh, so who are you holding out hope for? Uh, would you be holding out hope for Aaron Jones or for Ryan Heath to get his internet back? <laughs> Definitely holding out hope for Ryan Heath to get his internet back. But uh no, Aaron Jones, it sure seemed like it was going to be at least a two-week injury. So I, they're not going to rush him back. Dylan's good enough. I, he's going to he's going to sit out as long as he needs to. So I would not hold out hope for Jones. Ryan, welcome back. Your parents get that uh, internet bill paid for? Yeah, I think they called the, uh, the internet company and they said, hey, our son's trying to record a podcast right now. Can you please turn it back on for the next 45 minutes or so? And they said, yeah, totally. I, we'll, we'll be happy to do that for you. So here I am. I'm back and ready to talk football again. Perfect. They understood how important uh, fantasy football podcast is and, and a big deal. Uh, all right. Uh, so Aaron Jones, not holding out hope. It's just the second week after he sprained his MCL. Um, Yahoo does have hope. They projected him for nine points in PPR already. So they, they've got some hope that he's going to play. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just, we uh, already were thinking it was going to be a fast, like one to two weeks was an insanely fast turnaround as it is. So for him to be on the short end of that, it just, especially, I, I don't know. I just, I don't see it. Uh, Cordero Patterson missed last Thursday's game against the Patriots. Uh, are we holding out hope that Cordero Patterson will play this Sunday? Yeah, one quick thing on Jones. Uh, Packers do have a bye week next week, which makes it even more likely I think they'll sit him out. Uh, Cordero Patterson, it sure seems like, I mean, he almost played last week, it seemed like. He was on the field moving around pretty well. So I would hold out hope for Patterson. And after that performance, uh, it's pretty clear he might be the MVP of the league. I mean, this Falcons <laughs> offense without him is one of the worst offenses I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, I mean, they said he was going to be a game time decision, but and then like pretty early on in the day, they said he was he's not ready to go. So there, there it's not quite as cut and dry as, as that. But I do agree the fact that he was a, a game day decision at least bodes well that he can come back in a ten day uh, uh, break. 
and be back. Are there, would you like of these running backs we talked about earlier? I mean, Tony Pollard or like Mark Ingram with Alvin Kamara and active, are you starting both of them regardless of whether you have Cordell Patterson on your bench? I'm probably holding out for Patterson. Did, did you say Mark Ingram with Kamara active or inactive? No, in, inactive. Like okay. if Tony Pollard or Mark Ingram in like the best case scenario. Uh, oh yeah, I would work. start both of them over Patterson if their okay. starting running backs are missing. But if their starting running backs are in, I'm going to hold out hope for Patterson here. Okay. Uh, and then what about Elijah Mitchell coming back from that broken finger? There was some talk about him playing last week, but I was squashed. I mean, pretty early on. I feel like it was like at least a day ahead of time when they ruled him out. Um, Ryan, are you going to hold out hope for Elijah Mitchell in your lineups or are you going to roll out uh, like an Ingram or Pollard? Yeah, I'm not a doctor, but like, I think he could probably do it, right? Like, it would probably hurt somewhat to try to grow. Oh, hey, Kyle Shanahan's in this, in this uh, podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, just channeling Kyle Shanahan here, like, I, I can see where he might want to, especially with Jeff Wilson not really doing anything all that inspiring last week. I think he might want to get Mitchell back on the field and... With the Shanahan running backs, they know they better be on the field. They're, they're, they could lose their job at any moment. So I think it's a decent shot we see Elijah Mitchell this week. Would you would you start uh, Tony Pollard, Mark Ingram, or Elijah Mitchell? Uh, who, who of those three is the low man on the totem pole for you? Uh, are we saying with both Zeke and Kamara inactive in this scenario? Uh, correct. Uh, we'll say since it seems like Zeke's going to be active, let's not – we won't play around with the Zeke inactive. But if Kamara's out – and Zeke is in. Um, then I would probably still wait for Mitchell over Pollard, but I would just play Ingram if Kamara was out. Okay, so short answer on these on these guys that you're holding out uh, and, and just waiting to see. If Pollard or Ingram are the starting running back for their team, play them. But if they're the RB2, then you can wait and see on Patterson and Mitchell. Awesome. All right, let's move on to wide receiver where we've got four Browns, AJ Hollywood Antonio and Browns receiver Jarvis Landry. Uh, let's start with AJ Brown. Now, earlier when we talked about him, you didn't seem that concerned about him missing time. However, my concern isn't just that he might miss time. It's the fact that we now have three weeks in a row of AJ Brown scoring fewer than 10 PPR points uh, as he's been held to under 50 yards receiving three weeks in a row, five receptions or less three weeks in a row. Uh, it's not like AJ Brown has been lighting the world on fire since, by the way, I did my research since Derek Henry has been mm. out. These three games are entirely coinciding with the Adrian Peterson, Deontay Foreman, Jeremy McNichols, Dontrell Hilliard era of Titans running backs. Yeah. He, he did see an 11 target game and a nine target game though. And I mean, we've seen his playmaking abilities. So I guess I wasn't, uh, it's not that I wasn't concerned about him missing, but I still, still do believe the upside is here. So that's why I'm holding out for AJ Brown. If I can, obviously, if you just have no other options then take the safe points, cause we don't know on Brown yet, but um, you could probably pivot to someone on waivers or make a move and get a starter in there. If he gets scratched late. Okay. So you're holding on to AJ Brown, Ryan, you hold out hope for Brown. Yeah, I'll hold out hope. Like Eric said, A.G. Brown is someone that can explode on any given week. And I did say last week when we were talking about trade targets that Brown hadn't been particularly great even after Henry was out. But these matchups coming up here are going to be good. I don't know about this Patriots matchup. Uh, probably going to erase him. But other than that, <laughs> he's got to buy the next week. And going forward, I feel good about him. But yeah, as Eric said, if you 
have another decent realistic option, I think it's okay. Okay. Uh, Sinking, I mean, we should probably call these guys uh, their full name right now, given the guys we're talking about. But Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, Baltimore Ravens, wide receiver, missed uh, uh, week 11 with a thigh injury. Um, I, I, there's no there's no news. It's it's Tuesday. There's no news about whether he's playing Sunday or not. Uh, do you think – do you have any any idea on if he's going to be playing this weekend? And if, uh, if so, is he someone that you would be willing to leave like Hunter Renfro – or uh, Darnell Mooney on your bench uh, in the hopes of getting Hollywood Brown in there? Uh, I think Renfro and Mooney are good enough. You can just roll them out there personally. I do think that Brown, I mean, he did practice on Friday of last week, so I don't think he was all that far away. So we can hold out hope. If you have a poor option, I would I would give it a chance and see if Brown can play because he's been really good when he's out there. Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown, excuse me. <laughs> the next that we've been talking about nothing but Browns <laughs> these past for the, this whole five minute segment. Ryan, uh, Marquise Brown, yes or no? Yeah, just with the zero information, I would start guys like Renfro or Mooney over him, like Eric said. But he's someone that does have a lot of upside. So I think if you have nobody else anyway, then just hold out hope. Okay, uh, and then Antonio Brown. Look, very important information has come out. Uh, but uh, head coach Bruce Arian said Antonio Brown is quote making progress in his recovery. Very important information. Mm-hmm. Also, maybe not be may not be vaccinated. Also, may have done a whole bunch of other Mister Big Chest type stuff. Uh, just do you expect Antonio Brown to play this week? Uh, if you can't trust a man that doesn't treat his personal chef well, I don't know if he belongs in your lineup. So <laughs> that, that's who leaked the news about the uh, the fake. There- there are very few there are very few people in this world that I would treat better than my <laughs> pretend uh, personal chef, uh, my hypothetical personal chef. Okay, and then finally, uh, Browns wide receiver Jarvis Landry uh, did leave the game on Sunday with a knee injury. Is an older wide receiver does have Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield throwing him the ball. These are all really bad <laughs> things. Do you want to play Jarvis Landry this week enough to sit, say, uh, Cedric Wilson or Emmanuel Sanders for him? I think I have both Cedric Wilson and Emmanuel Sanders just ranked over Landry straight up. So no, I'm not going to be waiting for Jarvis Landry. Okay, but what if Cedric Wilson or Emmanuel Sanders had Baker Mayfield throwing them? I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, moving on. Let's talk about the best side dishes of the week. You know, they're not going to—they're not the main part of your lineup, but they could very well make or break your lineup because if you don't get good stuffing and if you don't get good gravy, then what are you even doing? Ryan, who are your quarterback, tight end, and defense streamers this week? Yeah, so continuing my tirade of Texans and Jets takes, uh, this game is going to be so much fun. I can't wait to watch it. Uh, my quarterback streamer this week is Tyrod Taylor. Oh, sorry, Tyrod Taylor. Uh, I I like saying Tyrod because you can call him Ty God, but it, I don't know. He prefers Tyrod. Sorry, Tyrod Taylor. Anyways, he's managed at least 18 fantasy points in three of his four starts this year. That's mostly come off of the three rushing touchdowns he scored. Uh, but the Jets are a soft matchup defensively. The Texans are actually implied 24 points this week, which might be the most they have all season. And that's honestly, that's pretty decent in a week where we only have one game that is over 50 points over under. So I don't think he's like an amazing option. He's like my QB 16, but just with, with what's out here for streaming and we have two big starting quarterbacks out this week on bye. I think he might be the best option on your waiver wire. So you can pick him up and pray he scores a rushing touchdown. Uh, I, I like to believe that you said tirade because it was 
Tyrod Taylor or Ty, Ty, the Tyrade Taylor. Uh, just a quick question. Uh, Cam Newton, I know 52% rostered, so he's like just above the threshold that you usually work with. A Newton or a Taylor? Definitely Cam Newton. He's my QB okay. 12 this week. Cool. Uh, and then, just, sorry, in the interest of time, we, we got, we still have all of our positional talk to get through. So just uh, tight end defense streamers, who you got? Yeah, Dan Arnold, I'm not sorry. <laughs> and for defense, I have Chicago at Detroit. Is it Chicago or Detroit or just yes? <laughs> uh, I'll go with Chicago because they're favored. Okay. Uh, would you stream Detroit's defense in this game too? I would prefer not to. Okay. All right. All right. Chicago's good enough. Detroit's not good enough. Uh, Dan Arnold obviously did not have a good week this past week, but there's still every everything that we've said on him every week is still there. Uh, and and uh, wide receiver Jamal Agnew now placed on uh, injured reserve. So just yet another uh, player not in the mix there in Jacksonville. Okay, time to get to the main course. Let's pile on all that turkey that none of us want to eat. Let's start with the running backs or the ham. You know what? We're, we're all ham. Let's, let's pile on some ham. Uh, let's talk about the running backs. A lot of things have happened lately. Uh, the Titans waived Adrian Peterson, best $47 of fab I ever spent. The Texans <laughs> waived Philip Lindsay, best $1 of fab I ever spent. Uh, does this matter in either backfield? Uh, I, I know, uh, Dontrell Hilliard, one of the most added players, uh, in, in Yahoo right now because of, uh, you know, he, he played well for the Titans this past week, but I mean, are we going to continue to go around this carousel? What are we doing? Um, I mean, the Titans backfield's a little more appealing. So yeah, Hilliard's a little intriguing, although I worry that him and McNichols play the same role. Um, so he's my priority as far as Philip Lindsay, like, I think he played two snaps last week. This has already become Rex Burkhead and David Johnson's backfield. So it doesn't really do much to the Texans backfield. Right, David Johnson is the third most added, uh, running back on Yahoo. So far, we, we haven't even gotten through waiver Tuesday yet. This is just for leagues that I guess don't do waivers. Uh, but David Johnson, the second most, uh, added running back on Yahoo. So, uh, I, but we don't expect, I mean, there's not like a workload that Lindsay had that he's vacated. So I, I don't know. Uh, Elijah Mitchell is day to day. We talked about him. Uh, Jordan Howard suffered a knee sprain. So that's a player we're talking about now in week 12 of the NFL season. Uh, Jordan Howard's expected to miss week 12. So, uh, good news for Miles Sanders. Uh, good news for anyone else in the Eagles backfield. We start anyone besides Miles Sanders. It's good. We start Miles Sanders. (laughs) It's good news for Boston Scott. I mean, I still only have him at RB 30, but Miles Sanders had a really bad fumble last week. He looked good. He ran for like 90 yards, but a fumble in your own territory is going to anger the coach, that's for sure. So you never know. Another fumble in Boston Scott could be taking over this backfield. I think we got a ways to go on Kenny Gainwell because he was the pass catcher, and they have stopped passing the ball in general, and they have also stopped passing the ball to the running backs. So I wouldn't be holding out much hope for Gainwell. But, Scott, you could throw him in your lineup. You may get bailed out if Sanders fumbles again. Okay. Uh, and then Kareem Hunt is expected to return to practice this week coming off that calf injury that's kept him out for quite some time now. Um, the, apparently he's expected to play Sunday. Um, I don't know, Ryan, do you expect Kareem Hunt to play this week? And if he's out there, are you going to just fire him up right away? It doesn't feel real with Kareem Hunt. Like I'm trying to remember back to when he got injured. It feel, feels like a completely different like year almost, but yeah, I wouldn't want to fire him up right away. I think it's definitely possible they ease him in. Maybe he's not going to get all the red zone opportunity that he had been getting previously. I think you're fine to play Chubb no matter what. Really what this means is I am not playing Dearness Johnson this week. Yeah, uh, and I think when he he's only been relevant when Chubb uh, has been out anyway. He's not been good enough as the secondary running back. Um, but I, I agree. I expect... 
Uh, Kareem Hunt, by the way, has been out since week six. So it's uh, five weeks now that he's missed. Uh, it does feel like a long, a lot longer than that. Uh, if Chubb, Hunt, and Johnson are all active, it's, it's, Chubb will keep his same workload, and we expect Hunt and Johnson to probably split RB2 until, until uh, Hunt's fully back in action. Yeah, I, I will say in Hunt's defense, I mean, it doesn't take very far in the running back rankings till RB25 and you're getting to Tony Pollard, Ramondre Stevenson, Devontae Freeman. Like these are already some secondary options anyway. So I don't know if you're if you're hurt at running back uh, and he's playing, I, I'd start Hunt. He's, he's talented. I would hope they're not rushing him back because Chubb's good enough on his own. So I don't know. I, I don't think there's going to be a huge split, but it doesn't take a whole lot when you're the secondary running back for it to hurt you. So I, I generally agree, but there is some hope here. Okay. Uh, you would just mention Ramondre Stevenson. He is the fifth most added running back on Yahoo, uh, even after a week where he split the work with Damian Harris. But that could also be seen as a positive thing, that even when Damian Harris was back and healthy, Stevenson split the work. So, Ryan, do you expect anything here with Ramondre Stevenson? Uh, Brandon Bolden's still getting the pass-catching work. So just is there any upside here other than just high-end handcuff? I'm basically going to be treating the Patriots backfield like I do the Broncos backfield going forward. So in matchups where I expect a lot of positive game scripts, you might have both Harris and Stevenson as fringe RB2s, kind of like the Broncos this week against the Chargers. But I have them at like RB27, RB28 this week. Not as excited. Both are in play as flexes. But again, you're just hoping that one of them falls into the end zone. And that's really what will determine how you feel about it at the end. Okay. Um, real quick, uh, rankings disputes, Eric, you are the high person on Latavius Murray. Why, why are you high on, on Latavius Murray? Well, this is just uh, running back 35. So this is like, uh, you're really hurting at running back, but, uh, you know, it's, especially if they get Lamar Jackson back. Um, he's, he took a lot of work last week from Devonte Freeman, uh, 10 carries for 32 yards. And that was with, you know, a, a much worse quarterback at the helm. So, Hey, if Baker Mayfield's really limited, this Ravens team gets up big on the on the Browns, you could certainly see a bunch of carries and a touchdown from Murray. So I think there are worse options. He's still low, but I'm I'm pretty high above consensus on him. We, uh, Freeman's still above Murray for you? Yeah, I got Freeman up okay. at RB27, but I do think it's significant enough that he's going to hurt Freeman. This is going to be a chopped up backfield. Okay, well, Murray's 36% roster, so I just want to make sure this wasn't a situation where if you've got Freeman, you should go and add Murray instead. No, I would pick Freeman. one. They're not good enough to have both of them. So, no, no, I meant I meant replace Freeman with Murray. Oh, no. Murray has not Murray has not taken uh, the backfield from Freeman yet. Uh, okay, Ryan, you are the high person. We've already talked about Ty Johnson. Um, you have him ranked. Where do you have him? I have him ranked at RB twenty two, uh, just above the Broncos. Okay, so Ty Johnson definitely a startable running back for you uh, above the Broncos guys. So, and that's that's a good news because those guys have been pretty steady. Um, so it means you've got some some hope on this. You're going to watch this Jets-Texans game, aren't you? Yeah, I, I'm slowly realizing this as this podcast goes on, that I'm totally watching you this have game. To, you have to watch and live tweet it because you've got you've got a lot of things to back up on it. Oh, uh, I'm going to live mental breakdown on Twitter this weekend <laughs> over this game. You, you, be, you better log on and watch. I'm going to live tweet your, your mental breakdown. <laughs> uh, AJ Dillon, uh, if Aaron Jones isn't playing... Uh, automatic start if Aaron Jones is active and I, I highly doubt that we're going to get any clarity even if Aaron Jones is active on what his role is going to be do you start AJ Dillon regardless of Aaron Jones's status no against the Rams I would not I just I have him ranked assuming Jones is out and I just I do think the workload is there even though last week was a little bit of a down week I'm still expecting big things from Dillon so I'm, I'm excited to see another week and he caught six passes last week so that was encouraging 
Ryan, what about you? Yeah, I mean, if Jones is in, then I'm just not really into AJ Dillon. He's gonna see like the weird spike usage sometimes, but I am just not interested in him as a secondary option. Okay. Um, by the way, we're not going into as many players or as deep this week as it's just Tuesday. There's still so much news that we have not heard yet. So many players. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be so much stuff that happens this week. So uh, if come Sunday, you find yourself with a lot of weird decisions to make and, and tough positions that you're in, and, and there's just, you know, most of the analysis has happened earlier in the week. Uh, come on down to our discord. Uh, come tag all of us, uh, ask us your questions, show us your lineups. Uh, let us help you uh, pitcherlist.com slash plus to get access to the QB list uh, discord, you know, go to our sister site and you can talk about baseball, I guess, but really you can come on down to the football side of things, ask us about your lineups and, and we can help you on Sunday. Uh, wide receivers, uh, a couple of, of major injuries, um, both Tennessee Titans wide receiver, Marcus Johnson and Jacksonville wide receiver, Jamal Agnew, who I believe were two of the three most added wide receivers last week on Yahoo have been placed on IR. Um, Agnew is going to miss the rest of the season. Uh, all right. So with Tennessee now, uh, Henry's out. Julio Jones is out. Marcus Johnson's out. Uh, AJ Brown's status is up in the air. Ryan Tannehill can't throw the ball. Who do we want in this Titans offense? Do, do if anyone, do we want Westbrook? I feel like I've asked this question so many times. Just Eric, what, what do we do with this Titans passing game? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm kind of interested in Nick Westbrook Ekine, but they play the Patriots this week and then they have a bye. So that really hurts the upside there. But he had eight targets, seven catches, 107 yards last week. He seems to be the next best option. So, you know, in some deep uh, dynasty leagues, if he's out there on waivers, pick him up. He could have some use later in the year, but you're probably not using him for the next two weeks. Okay. Uh, so not a whole lot doing there in Tennessee. Uh, does this mean anything for anyone in Jacksonville? Any, no, probably not. Is anyone interesting in Jacksonville besides James Robinson? And Dan Arnold. <laughs> it should. I mean, it's really thinned out with Chark and now Agnew out for the year. But, I mean, this passing game's so broken that, no, I don't think you can get that excited. It did help. They moved LaVisca Chenault back into the slot. Uh, they moved him out of the slot a bit because of Jamal Agnew, which is hilarious. But um, so Chenault's going to be back in the slot. That's good for his PPR reception total. So we could see a little bounce back from Chenault, but it's hard to hold out too much hope at this point in the season. Okay. Uh, no update on Calvin Ridley, who is now eligible to return um, from the uh, NFI list that they placed him on. Um, there's absolutely no indication that he is coming back this season. Uh, I believe he is IR eligible in Yahoo. I don't know if that's the case for other platforms based on, on the, the tag that he has. Uh, if, if you are using a roster spot or if you are holding other people from being in your IR slot, do you just drop Calvin Ridley? Yeah, I'm not expecting him back. We've just heard nothing. So I, I would free up the spot. Okay. Uh, most added wide receivers. We've already talked about Cedric Wilson and Michael Gallup um, and Darnell Mooney. So that leaves Elijah Moore and Marcus Valdez-Scantling as the most added wide receivers uh, on Yahoo. Uh, we talked a little bit about Moore, even with Zach Wilson under center. We're still excited about starting him. Uh, I need to pull up your rankings to see where exactly you guys have him ranked. Both of you have him in the low 20s. So uh, definitely a, a surefire wide receiver too. And then Marcus Valdez-Scantling, big week this past week. Uh, Green Bay needs some, I mean, Rodgers needs someone to throw the ball to. So at some point, he can't always throw Javon Adams, right? So is this for real or is this another Marcus Valdez-Scantling has a good week and then we don't hear from him for another like six weeks? I'm a little more interested than usual. Um, I didn't 
hurt that Alan Lazard was out last week. We'll see how long he's out for. But uh, MVS played on 81% of the snaps. Um, he had a 32% target share. Like, this wasn't just him catching one big bomb. He had 10 targets. And uh, he was open quite a bit down the field. I watched that whole game. I was actually kind of impressed. So, I don't know. Again, they, they've got the Rams and then a bye week. I don't know how much usage they're going to be. And, and Lazard will eat into his work. But I do think he's an upside flex play this week if you need him. He's in my 40s in the rankings. But um, I, you could do worse. He's got upside. Yeah, in like week three, I said about Marcus Valdez-Scantling that he's going to continue posting these big air yards numbers and just only put up a big game for fantasy points when nobody is starting him or even thinking about him in DFS. And I think that just happened. So (laughs) I'm just, I don't think I'm interested anymore. And it might just be out of spite that I missed the boat like (laughs) I knew I was going to. So, yeah, like Eric said, I think in the 40s is fair, desperation flex type of player. But, yeah, he's not a priority ad for me or anything. Yeah, this is just the third time in MVS's career that he reached double digits and targets. Um, Each of those two, one of them was in 2018, once again in 2019. And in 2019, after the 10 target week, he followed it up with seven targets and then four, two, three, two, two. Um, so very quickly went from being a core part of the offense to not involved at all. Um, the next closest thing to that was last year in week four, getting eight targets and then following up with five, four, one and four targets. So again, just went from, you know, having, uh, you know, Rogers attention to not uh, even earlier this year. So the first week of the season, eight targets and then four targets and four targets before uh, not playing for a few weeks due to injury. So I, We've seen these games from him before where he got a lot of targets and it just didn't lead to uh, any anything sustainable there. So I would be totally understandable if you don't add or put uh, MVS in your lineups this week. Uh, all right, uh, just some real quick defend your stance on uh, Jerry Judy. Eric, you're the high person on Judy. Um, why are you – I mean, he he's played fine since coming back from injury. Uh, they're coming off the bye week. What are you expecting to see from Judy here? Yeah, I mean, he's just he's gotten a lot bigger target share than Cortland Sutton. I mean, that's obviously clear. And then, you know, I mean, this was a legit injury, a high ankle sprain. We kind of are overlooking the fact that he recovered pretty quickly from it, um, put up a couple decent games. Then he got the bye week. So this is coming out of the bye. I'm just I'm hoping he's fully healthy. Uh, Broncos are in like we got to win now mode. Uh, they should be getting the ball to Judy. So I think we get a, a 10 plus point PPR game and you get a touchdown in there. I think he's solidly in like the top, you know, the top wide receiver twos in the league. Okay, and then the other person you've got here, Kadarius Tony. Uh, you know, both Ryan and uh, the Fantasy Pros ECR have him in the low 30s uh, or high 30s, I should say. You have him in the mid 20s as, as like a dang near startable wide receiver. So, uh, you know, Tony, what, what is this just uh, the Jason Garrett's no longer the offensive coordinator <laughs> bump? What, what are you hoping for in New York? Now I'm going to shoot him up to a wide receiver one now that Garrett's out. But uh, uh, no, um, no, I mean, I don't know. He looks really good. Like he's really quick and explosive. And this is from someone who had no interest in him preseason. So um, he had 12 targets against Tampa Bay. I know it only went for 40 yards, but uh, they were getting him the ball. Um, he had a 13 target game earlier in the year. Uh, it's mainly just been injury that's been, you know, halting his progress here. And unless Shepard comes back, um, that's the big concern for me. But Galladay's got nothing going with Jan- Daniel Jones. Uh, Evan Ingram's disappeared. Like it's just Tony and Saquon Barkley. So I just think there's a big target share here available for them. And if they can get a little more efficiency than 40 yards on 12 targets, we're looking at a pretty good game here. 
Okay. And then, uh, Ryan, uh, no surprises here. You were the high person on two New York Jets wide receivers. Corey Davis and Jameson Crowder uh, talked to me about why both of those guys are startable. And you've already said you're high on Elijah Morris. Is Zach Wilson <laughs> three fantasy relevant wide receivers this week? Yeah. So to be realistic, I do think probably one of these three is going to bust this week. I don't know which it will be. And I think the upside's pretty decent, if not very good for all three. So I have all three of them ranked like this. I wouldn't put all three of them in the same lineup or anything. But who, who is them on men out if you had to if you had to bench one? If, if I have to bench you probably one, roster all three on a team somewhere. <laughs> I I really hope that I don't have any teams like that. I'll I'll check after the show for you. But if if there's an on man out, I would say it's Jameson Crowder just because of the lower average depth of target. The upside just isn't as much there, but there might be more of a floor with him. So I'll just say Jameson Crowder in his two games with Zach Wilson this year, he's had nine targets and six targets. And as for Corey Davis, in his five games with Zach Wilson this year, his target totals were seven, five, 10, seven, and seven. So all three of these receivers realistically could get some good target volume. Uh, the Texans have been okay defending the pass, but that's a lot because teams just like running on them instead. So this could be a game where the Jets actually have to throw and could be successful. So I'm I'm just so in on this game, and I had no idea before the show that I was going to be, but th- this is crazy to me. Okay. Uh, and then uh, just both of you guys are low on uh, Jacoby Myers and Tim Patrick. Uh, is Patrick just a you know case of Judy's there, Sutton's there, Fant's there? There's just not enough to go around in this Denver offense to make Tim Patrick interesting anymore. Yeah, for sure. You've got a couple tight ends they like getting the ball to, a couple running backs. There's just way too many names in front of them. And, um, you know, I've got him in the 50s. I, expert consensus had him, I think, in the 40s. I was just surprised how high. I just don't think his upside's real big and a ton of other options I'd rather play over. Okay. Uh, and, and as for Jacoby Myers, uh, Ryan, I'm, I'm surprised to see you're lower than consensus on him. But uh, why, why are you not starting Jacoby Myers this week? I mean, honestly, a similar take to what Eric just gave for Tim Patrick, except it's not like he's getting crowded out. He's just not having these big target games like he has been. Is His last three games have been four targets, four targets, and six targets. I, Kendrick Bourne has consistently been seeing targets as well. It's not like he's blowing the top off of it, but the Patriots just haven't been in negative game scripts recently, which is great as a Pats fan. I love when we're winning games, but I mean, and just looking at the schedule ahead, I mean, Tennessee, I think is like the most fake good team in the league. And I was proven right by them losing to the Texans last week. So I just don't think this game is going to be all that competitive and the Pats aren't going to have to throw that much. Okay. Last question. Yes or no. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, startable. He's been somewhat interesting these past few weeks. Yeah, I've got him 30. So, yeah. I'm still not there with Ayuk. Nope. Okay. All right. Uh, so, um, hopefully, you know, there's some clarity there for you on Brandon Ayuk, if you're a Brandon Ayuk believer. But again, it's still a long time before uh, uh, their game on Sunday. So, just kind of keep an eye. I'm not going to say it depends on anyone's health, but Debon Kill are just such target monsters there. Well, yeah, I think it does depend on Elijah Mitchell a little bit because uh, Debo was playing running back last week. So that's why Ayuk had a good week because he was the wide receiver one. So keep an eye on Mitchell. If he plays, then Ayuk falls back down. 
There you go. Also, Trey Sermon. We got to see Trey Sermon. That was, that was <laughs> I think Shanahan did that just for the fantasy community. Uh, okay, quarterback. Uh, we talked a little bit about it earlier on when uh, Ryan mentioned his uh, uh, streamer for the week, but really I think there's one person that is on people's uh, uh, brains, on people's minds. We've got to talk about Cam Newton. Big week this last week, 30 points uh, and six point per passing touchdown leagues, and he's still just 52% rostered. Should Cam Newton be added just about everywhere? Yeah, I think so. I, I've got him all the way up to QB 10 this week, and I really wanted to push him up even higher. So um, I thought he looked pretty good for first week in there starting. You know, he's got the rushing, rushing ability and touchdowns. So, yeah, pick up Cam and start him if you need him. Yeah, agree completely. He is maybe the last chance we'll get at a consistently startable quarterback that you got off the waiver wire this week. So, yeah, get him if he's still out there. Yeah, if, uh, if you're a streaming team, this this is your chance to get just like a rest of the season starter probably. Uh, unless, uh, let me ask about that because some some teams have streamed their way into getting uh, Kirk Cousins at quarterback. Uh, who would you rather have rest of the season, Cam or Kirk? Um, I'd rather have. Well, I got to look at Kirk's schedule. Cam does have a bye after this week, so that kind of hurts a little bit. But he, uh, he gets Miami this week and then Atlanta the week after, so that's that's awfully nice there. Uh, I would rather have Kirk though. I, I do think his floor is better and. Uh, let's see if he's got a Kirk, bye week. Kirk he's does not. He, yeah, he had his bye in week seven. So I, I would stick with Kirk for that, but I, I don't think Cam's very far behind. Yeah, I'd agree. I like Kirk. He's been playing well this year. Um, a lot of passing touchdowns in Minnesota as opposed to rushing scores, but that happens over full season sometimes, and he's been playing pretty well. So, yeah, I'd stick with Kirk. Okay, let me just ask real quick. Uh, Cam or these other quarterbacks people might have streamed their way into starting. Uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, this week or rest of season? Rest of season. Uh, give me Cam. Wentz still has his bye week anyway, so it kind of evens out. Yeah, I'll go with Cam as well. Uh, Cam or Carr? I'm kind of done with Carr after watching him last week. Six so Cam. Uh. Yeah, rest of season, Cam. Uh, Tannehill? Yeah, Cam. Easily Cam. Okay, and then a couple of interesting ones. Burrow or Stafford or Cam? I've got him higher than Burrow this week. Um, I think maybe the bye week is enough, though, to keep Burrow. Um, and then I'm going to roll Stafford. He, he's got huge upside. I know he's been down lately, but he's through the bye, and I, I do like Stafford. Okay. Ryan. Yeah, I agree. You're keeping both Burrow and Stafford over Cam. Don't get too cute there. Okay. Uh, just I had to ask a question. You know? A couple of guys haven't been playing well lately. Uh, some some cause for concern at least. And at least with Tannehill and uh, and Carr, uh, you can certainly do better. Uh, and Cam Cam is out there. I do uh, have Cam right. ahead of Burrow this week though. Just for this week, I've got him ranked ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and hey, we're at that point in the season now. We're rostering two quarterbacks is much more palatable uh, as per our discussion last week, Eric. So. Uh, definitely not necessarily a bad idea to roster both Cam and some of these guys, Cam and Stafford, Cam and Burrow, something like that. Uh, let's move on to tight end. Uh, Adam Troutman is out four to six week with a sprained MCL, so that's probably the rest of the season. Uh, if you were counting on him at tight end, one, why? Two, go get another one. Uh, two, uh, Steelers tight end Eric Ebron is expected to miss extended time. Uh, and Logan Thomas of the Washington football team is expected to practice this week, starting his 21 day window to return from IR. So, Two tight ends who are both rostered at 52% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, which one would you be prioritizing getting on your team? Pat Fryermuth, as Eric Ebron is now out, uh, or Logan Thomas as he uh, begins his return from IR? 
Uh, 100% Fryermuth. I can't believe he's not rostered more than that. And I mean, that's with Ebron eating into his work. He's been good. So now that Ebron's out of the picture, uh, Fryermuth. I, I think Logan Thomas, I love him as a player. I had a lot of um, high hopes for him this year, but it could be a little slow recovery. We'll see. Uh, it, it, this injury's kept him out for a while. So definitely Fryermuth. Yeah, I agree. I want Fryermuth over Logan Thomas, but I'd be pretty happy to pick either of those guys off of waivers at this point. I think both definitely have just tight end one rest of season upside for the year. Okay. Uh, then we'll hurt Dan Arnold, who's rostered in 40% of leagues. <laughs> uh, for rest of season, I will go Fryermuth, uh, then Thomas, then Arnold. Yeah, I think I agree with that. It's only close between Thomas and Arnold, and that's only because of maybe some pessimism about Thomas's health. But uh, Washington has played their starting tight end like every snap in these games. So if Thomas is healthy, he's going to be out there a ton. So, yeah, I'd say you could probably move on from Arnold for them, but um, wait until Thomas is out there. Okay, and then uh, Frank Muth, uh, I assume, would be the better stream or, or person to pick up for this week if you have uh, Zach Ertz or Travis Kelsey, who are both on bye. Yep, I got him tight end 10, and I think you could make a case for him as high as 7, maybe. Okay. Uh, and then finally, moving on to defense. Uh, I mean, we already got your streamer of the week. That's Chicago as they play the hapless Detroit Lions. I'm really just trying to to diss the, the Lions as much as I can so I can watch them pop on Thursday and see <laughs> Ryan's first mental breakdown of the week. Uh, but top defenses that you're sitting uh, – I think, honestly, the big question is, do we hold the Cardinals defense through the bye? They have been surprisingly good this week, uh, this year. Uh, and they have, uh, after their bye week, they play the uh, at Chicago, then they host the Rams, uh, then they play at Detroit, and then they host the Colts. So a couple of good offenses at home, a couple of bad de- uh, offenses on the road. Uh, is Arizona worth holding through the bye for that? Um, it's just tough. It's roster construction. It's where you are in the standings. I mean, you're going to need another defense probably for a couple of those weeks because those matchups aren't great. So it's just really team dependent, but those are a couple really nice matchups there. So, uh, if you have the spot, keep them so you can use them, but it's between the buy and those two weeks. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. We're at the point in the season now where if you're looking ahead to the playoffs, it is possible for you to roster two defenses and just kind of ahead of time, like claim the schedules that you want. And Mm -hmm. if you find something that works with the Cardinals on their weeks where they're playing the Rams, uh, I think it makes sense to hold them on your roster for those better matchups, even through the bye. Yeah, it's, it's really tough because uh, that was through week 16. Week 17, they go to Dallas. So really, they only have two easy matchups the rest of the way, and that's Chicago and Detroit. And then if you play week 18, which I hope you don't, uh, they host Seattle, who could be like, you know, by week 18, they could be, you know, full strength, you know, typical Seahawks offense that we're used to seeing. So uh, definitely a concern there uh, for Arizona's defense. I definitely would understand replacing them outright, um, but would also understand kind of rostering two defenses if, if there's – uh, a way that you can make their schedule make sense for your team. Uh, any offenses that you're avoiding this week? So, for example, Tampa Bay, uh, they're heading to Indianapolis to play the Red Hot Colts. Uh, really interested, interesting to see if their run defense can hold up against Jonathan Taylor. Uh, and then, like, we've got the Rams traveling to Green Bay, who just put up 31 points. Uh, are you looking for other options for either of those defenses? Yeah, I don't like playing anyone against the Rams. So, or I mean, sorry, against the Packers. Um, Rodgers just does not turn the ball over. So I'd be looking for someone over the Rams personally. Um, as far as Tampa Bay, like 
they're going to put up points and they're going to stay in the game with the Colts. I'm pretty sure. So as long as we got Carson Wentz throwing the ball, I feel good about some sacks and turnovers. So I would much rather start the Buccaneers here than I would the Rams defense. Yeah. I mean, if you're playing the Rams defense, that means you probably held them through their buy. I can't imagine you're picking them up uh, to play against green Bay, um, but they do get Jacksonville in week 13. But then after that, it's at Arizona hosting the Seahawks um, at Minnesota at Baltimore. So it's not like they've got a great schedule ahead of them. Uh, from a defense perspective. So if you held them, I guess if you're holding them through a bye, you might as well hold them through all of those matchups. Uh, they'll probably score more points against those teams than they did in a bye week. Uh, but with Tampa Bay, it's really, this is their last really tough matchup traveling to Indianapolis. And they've got the Falcons. Um, they host the Bills. Bills have been a, a good offense, but I mean, it's at home. Uh, they host the Saints. They uh, go to Carolina. They go to play the Jets. And then they host Carolina again. So uh, a lot easier to hold Tampa Bay I think through this week against the Colts, even though they're on the road. Um, but uh, yeah, Ryan, would you be playing Tampa Bay against Indianapolis and holding on to them? Would you be playing the Rams against Green Bay or should you have dropped the Rams already? You definitely should have dropped the Rams already. Like, I just don't know what matchup you're going to feel comfortable playing them in for the rest of the season. Um, other than Jacksonville. Next other, week. Yeah. Sorry. Other than Jacksonville. Um, but for Tampa Bay, um, I think you can play them this week. I mean, we are like, it does feel like Jonathan Taylor's on top of the world and is Superman and can break through any concrete barrier. But I, the Bucks run defense has been pretty good this year as it always is. Um, the Colts might try to air it out more. We don't know how successful they'll be necessarily. I think if you're holding Tampa Bay and you just really want that juicy schedule down the stretch and don't have a roster spot, then you can, kind of suck it up and just play them against the Colts this week. Yeah. Uh, Colts, uh, or sorry, the Bucks have had the second best uh, rush defense on yards per attempt. Um, and they've been, they've been really close to kind of top of the pack in terms of uh, fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs. There's, there's a, a lot of teams that are kind of bunched up there in like the 20 ish points allowed to opposing running backs. So there's still a good chance Taylor goes out and gets his um, while the Buccaneers defense remains uh, you know, it's very startable. So that's going to do it for us here this week. Obviously a lot uh, of stuff for us to cover with, you know, Thanksgiving and, uh, and all that. But the most important thing, if you're going to take away anything from this podcast, it's have a good Thanksgiving, have a great day, enjoy all the food, enjoy the football, uh, you know, enjoy the time with your family. Even if 90% of what they say makes you want to uh, sit in the bathroom and stream the games on your phone, uh, which I, uh, if mom, I will not be doing that on Thursday. Don't worry. Uh, I know you listen to this. I know you listen all the way to the end. So I don't worry. I won't do that to you, Mom. Uh, but yeah, guys, have a happy Thanksgiving.